Amen. Put your hands together and worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, we magnify you. Lord, we bless your name, Lord, this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy that you have given us this morning, waking us up, Lord. You are a faithful God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the blood that was shed for us. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness towards us. Lord God, you're our faithful God. You've never lied. You never told us one thing and did something else. But Lord, you're consistent. And we thank you, Lord God, that we can depend on you. Father, in the name of Jesus this day, Lord, I'm praying, Lord God, that you would move upon the hearts of your people. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you would deliver people who are trapped in closets. Lord, in the name of Jesus, closets of the mind, closets in the heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would break bands in this house tonight. Lord, we pray for your anointing, Lord God, to be in this place. Lord, that yokes may be destroyed. But in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I'm praying, Lord, that there will be an increase of hunger, increase of faith. In the name of Jesus today, Father, we thank you, we worship you. In Jesus' name. Everybody just begin to stretch your hands towards heaven and just begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. seated it is an honor to have the bishop in the house and his wife amen the scripture declares that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways when i think about stability i think about balance think of stability i think of consistency In the book of Genesis, the Bible says that when God made man, he made him in the image and in the likeness of God. When God created him, the scripture declares that, it, that he was good. But when man decided that he was going to partake in the very thing that God said stay away from, something happened within the mind of that man. See, so I understand that when God created that man in the image and likeness of God, the man thought like God did. There were no other thoughts that were out there that was in his heart. Why? Because that man desired to fulfill the heartbeat of God, the mind of God. I'm reminded in Scripture, in the book of John, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the word was with God and the word was God. Last night we talked about how it is important to make sure that we esteem the word of God. If we're going to please God, it is important that we love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates. The scripture declares that God exalts his word even above his own name. There are those that are out there that believe that they can get a hold of God outside of the word of God. But can I tell you that it is impossible to please God without faith. And the Bible declares that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How shall you hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? You got to understand that faith is a response of you hearing what God has spoken, not just from anyone, but from a preacher. The Bible lets us know that Jesus said, he said, my words are spirit, he said, in their life. Something about the voice of God that causes change to happen. Something about the voice of God that causes deliverance, it causes light to appear where there was no light. Oftentimes within our services or within our churches, it is easy to get caught up in just the spirit of God moving. But there's not that desire that we should have um, for the fulfillment of God's word to come to pass in our life. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the scripture says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. See, the thing is, when God showed up, the scripture says that the earth was without form, void, darkness was upon the face of the deep. There looked as though there was no, um, it looked as though, There was no potential. There was nothing there. Uh, It looked like just blank. It, It looked like it was just vanity. But amazingly, the Lord allowed it to stay in that condition for how long, I don't know. However, when the Spirit of God moved, it let us know that God's Spirit moves with the intent of doing something. We see in the book of Genesis, it's without form. It's void. Darkness is upon the face of the deep. But that did not stop God's spirit from moving. Many of us in this room can testify that we remembered one time in our life how we were just like in the condition of the earth was, without form, void, and darkness. But the preacher said confusion all in our life. And when we begin to think about that, when the spirit of God shows up, something happens. And we thank God for that. But something has occurred in this hour where people are comfortable with the Spirit of God moving, but the Word of God not being spoken. And what I mean by that is that when God's Spirit moved, that was one thing. But it's not just the Spirit that wants to move. There must be a transformation that takes place. And transformation doesn't come by move of the Spirit, but transformation comes by the word of God. And what God is looking for is God is looking for people 
that will be responders to the word of the Lord. For so long, what has happened is that I, as I was driving the church this morning, I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, I said, um, I was like, I, as I examine um, many of the old um, services, sometimes you can go on YouTube or you hear testimonies of people that talk about the things that God did back in the early 50s and 60s and 40s and 30s, all the way back to Azusa Street. And I talked to her, I said, you know, I said, there, I, I said, if you listen to a lot of the songs that were sung back then, I said, they're a lot different than they are today. So a lot of the songs that were sung back then, you can tell that they were birthed out of an experience with God. The people wrote the songs out of not just an experience, but there was something that went on. There was a level of intimacy that they found in God in the midst of the storm. And through that, they were able to write a song. And that song was inspired of the Lord. And through that song, when they would sing that song, people would come in and people would get the Holy Ghost. When Just by singing the song, miracles would begin to happen, not just so much because of the song, uh, but because of what that song was birthed out of and what that song did when people would begin to sing the very song that was written by someone that had an intimate moment with God. And what has occurred since then, as I told her, I said, is now what we're looking at is we're looking in a church age where it's like songs are birthed more for the next hit. You know, we're going to sing this song. People are birthing songs with the intent of their songs being played on the radio, their songs being played at the next big conference. Instead of the purpose of singing the song, not for man, but unto the Lord. I told my wife, I said, there used to be a time that people would write songs with the intent of making music for the Lord. But now music is not made for the Lord. The music is now made for the church. But can I tell you that the worship and the praise is not for you, but the worship and the praise is for the Lord. That's why I never understood it, why people come to church and they sit back and um, because the choir isn't singing their favorite song, they say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to sing that song. Or, you know, or if the person isn't hitting that key the right way, then the person won't respond. Can I tell you that the praise team is not for you? The praise team is for the Lord. And the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So what has occurred, we understand that what has occurred that there has been, like we said, a major change that has happened. And um, to the place where we have become less effective and uh, we've become comfortable with that. Because as long as we've got someone that can tell us what Jesus said, uh, we're comfortable with that. It doesn't necessarily matter if we do what Jesus said, just as long as we can feel the Jesus that said it. And that is how perversion has crept into the body of Christ. We perverted the ministry. We perverted uh, the offices. We perverted our reason for coming and sitting. As a matter of fact, if I could, I would probably go to, um, I think it's the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Chapter... 
says, where is it at? I'm sorry. Give me a moment. All right. Ezekiel 33. He said, also the son of man, he said, also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the house. And speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee as thy people, as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song, one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they will not do them. Basically what happened was the people had come to a place where they assembled themselves together. The Lord said they came together like my people. They listened just like my people did. They, 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 they were excited about coming and hearing the preacher. The Bible said they would come and they would say, Hey, come, come, come from all around and come listen to this preacher. But the Bible says that when they assembled themselves together and listened, the Bible says that they would hear the words, but they would not do them. The Bible says that they just took the message as if it was just like a lovely song. He said, he said to the prophet, He said, Ezekiel, he said unto them, he said, your preaching, he said, your words, he said, are like a lovely song. He said that has a pleasant voice and can play well on the instruments. For they hear the words, but they won't do them. This is the conflict that happens because now what happens is that people feel as though they can't have a move of God unless they're sensation. Why? Because when you sensationalize the word of God or when you sensationalize or when you turn the hearing of the word into sensation, I mean, because Ezekiel, the prophet, was a man of God. He was not trying to entertain the people, but the people became perverted within their hearts and they sat back and they heard the word with no intent of doing it. So they sensationalize the hearing of the word. Instead of looking at the word as in a commandment and something that is spoken from God that is going to give them life, they looked at it just like it was just a lovely song. And the Bible says that their hearts, he said, but their mouth, they worship me. He said, but their hearts are far from me. To the place where what happens is it makes it challenging for people to come and like, the pastor talked about last night, you know, when you're trying, when someone's, let's say someone gives a prophetic word, people are now waiting and they believe that the only way that they can get their healing is if somebody comes and speaks directly to them. And we have lost the ability to actually be healed when God speaks to us corporately. So you got to understand the Bible declares that when God's spirit moved upon the face of the waters, The scripture did not leave it at just that. We thank God for the move of God that we feel in this house. We thank the Lord for the presence of the Lord that we feel in this place. 
The scripture declares wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But the spirit of God just moving along is not what's going to change you. It is possible to be in the place where the spirit is moving and you leave out the same. It is possible to be in the place where the spirit of God's moving and you can come here sick and you can leave here sick. The spirit of God can move and you can come in here bound and you can leave here bound. What's going to change you is when you hear a word from God. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? There's a place in the scripture where the Bible tells us to take heed in how we hear. Sometimes what's going on is the reason why you're not getting the results in your life that you're looking for is because you're hearing the wrong way. You ever had a child that had selective hearing? Sometimes you're hearing the wrong way. Sometimes you hear what you want to hear. If you hear what you want to hear, then what's going to happen is when you, when it's time for you to hear what you need to hear, your response and the results that you're looking for are going to be different. It's like one day you're going to hear something from God and, and it's going to happen. The next day, one day up, another day down, one day you're getting results, the next day you're not. Why? Because that's how consistent, it is a reflection of your consistency and your obedience to the word of God. The scripture declares that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And what I'm telling you is that God is wanting to bring you to a place where you can be stabilized. A place where you're sound in your mind. I'm not talking about this place where you're battling fear today and now you're filling with anxiety tomorrow and now you're depressed today. And only time you've got breakthrough is when you come where the presence of God is moving. Can I tell you that you've got to let this mind be in you. You've got to let the Lord renew your mind. You've got to let God do something in your mind. This is I'm not going back to the old way of thinking. See, the Bible declares that God said, let there be light. And there was light. He, he did not get a hold with two other people in the Godhead and said, hey, I want you to run this by the Holy Ghost. He didn't talk to the son and said, hey, son, can you make this happen for your dad? It didn't happen that way. He spoke from himself. The Bible declares in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Bible says all things are made by him and without him was nothing made. Church, if God is able to make you with his word, then how much more is God able to make something in you that is out of place by his word? The same word that we preach is the same word that created everything that you see and don't see. So if you're looking for sensation, you're going to miss the word of God. Why? Because the power is not in the feeling. The power is in the spirit. It's in what is spoken. I reminded in the scripture when the Lord told uh, Zerubbabel, he said, not by power, not by might. He said, but by my spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? I'm telling you that while you're sitting there, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. While you're hearing, God can save you. While you're hearing, God can deliver you. While you're hearing, God can break chains and bondage off of you. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? I think that this social distancing thing has done a favor to the church. 
It is exposing some of our frailties. It is exposing some of the things that we have taken for advantage, taken advantage of. It is exposing the areas of the church that are off. Why? Because many of us felt like we could not get a miracle unless we laid hands on somebody. Some of us thought we could not get delivered, praise the Lord, unless we're sitting extremely close. Some people thought they couldn't get a breakthrough unless they're crowded around in an altar. But can I tell you that the altar is not where your breakthrough is. It's in your hearing. Can you hear the word of the Lord? Why? Because if you can hear the word of the Lord and you can do the word of the Lord, something happens. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying that right where you're at right now, just in a setting like this, God can break a chain off of you. God can break bondage off of you. God can break the stronghold off of you. God can remove the cancer. God can remove the diabetes. God can remove, praise the Lord, the, the, the diseases that are afflicting your heart. God can remove the viruses just by you sitting here and hearing the word of God. While they yet spoke, the Holy Ghost filled the house. Right where they were sitting in. See, like we talked about, you know, I thank God for the gifts that we've got. But it's just like this. You go to churches and there are about 15 faithful people that really just, they're sold out for God. And they're sold out to the kingdom. And those faithful people are able to pull. It's amazing what a few faithful people can do for a church service. <laughs> Sometimes people go to a church service and they're like, man, this church is having revival. I mean, everybody, man, everybody's got the fire. No. Sometimes you just got about 20 people that know how to start a fire. And it's amazing what God can do with just 20 people that are faithful. But could you imagine what God would do for you if you get on fire for God? If you would say, you know what, I'm getting ready to stop being on the sideline in my relationship with God. I'm going to get in the, I'm going to get into the game. So what happens, what happens is this, is that somewhere along the line we have become, we've become consumed with this mentality that the only way that we can have a move of God is that the gift of faith is operating. What do you mean? I'm talking about a climax. We've got to get services to a particular climax. You've got to have a certain type of atmosphere, a certain type of environment in order to produce a certain type of miracle. But can I tell you that Jesus had miracles when there were no environments? There was not one miracle service that Jesus put together. There was not one service that Jesus had that I see in the scripture where he said, all right, I want everybody to give me a high praise, praise the Lord, and get everybody to shout, dance, and buck until there was the spirit, until the miraculous began to fall. Now, can God do that? Yes, but that's not the only way that God does it. And if we understand that God doing that is based upon his word, then you would understand that God can heal you while you're hearing him. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? That, that, that means that somewhere along the line, I've got to say, Lord, if I can't touch the preacher, like, for instance, the woman that had the issue of blood, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, people got miracles all kind of ways. They work within the 
confines of what was provided. What do you mean by the hurt? This woman went and said, let me just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. But then there were other people like blind Bartimaeus that never touched Jesus. He couldn't even see where Jesus was at. But blind Bartimaeus heard that he was in the city. See, what are you doing with what you're hearing? Because see, the miracle doesn't come because Jesus showed up. The miracle comes when you hear that Jesus is there, and then you respond to what you have heard. If you don't respond to what you hear, then Jesus is not obligated to heal you. Healing doesn't come because there is just this exciting atmosphere. Healing comes when you get excited over the fact that Jesus is here, and you've heard that he's here, and you're going to respond to what you have heard, and then the ultimate thing is you receive results. Jesus heals you. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting on the road of Jericho and he hears that Jesus is walking by. And the Bible says he just cried out. What do you mean by the hurt? Can, can I tell you that somewhere along the line, if you're too proud to cry, you're too proud to be healed. If, if you're too proud to, too proud to open up your mouth, then you're just too proud to be delivered. If you're too proud to be honest with yourself. I mean, he opened up his mouth. And the amazing thing is when he opened up his mouth, it wasn't convenient. Why? Because the people told him to be quiet. Listen, there used to be a time that people would cry out to God and they could care less what the other people in the church thought. But now people determine their cry to God based upon the response of other people. The Bible declares that when he cried out to Jesus, the scripture says that when he cried out to the Lord, the Bible says that immediately they told him to be quiet. Why did they tell him to be quiet? I don't know. The same reason probably why they told uh, uh, the children not to trouble the master. Sometimes a religious spirit will try to dictate your response to the word of God. Listen, sometimes a religious spirit can creep into a church and will try to govern the people in their response to God. Listen, it wants you to be dignified. It wants you to be sadistic. It wants you to wait your turn. But sometimes you can't wait your turn. Sometimes the Lord is moving on you right now, and you need a miracle right now. You've been waiting your whole life for this moment, and when Jesus comes in the room, something's got to move. Somewhere along the line, we've taught people to wait till the altar call. But what happens when call, when Jesus calls you now? So they say, well, wait till the end of the service. What happens when Jesus wants to heal you now? What happens when Jesus wants to deliver you now? What happens when Jesus wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost now? I am persuaded that there are things that God could have done at the beginning, but people were waiting at the end. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? I, I, I believe that sometimes God is sporadic. Sometimes God does some things that maybe we're not expecting. And what's happened is we have programmed God to get through our little program and through our little system and say, all right, God, this type of stuff can't happen until you get to the end. But can I tell you, I remember years ago I was in a revival in Texas. And all of a sudden, while I was preaching in the middle of the service, a man, praise the Lord, just gets up. And he gets up out of a wheelchair. He was been in the wheelchair 
wheelchair for years. He was in a terrible accident, wheelchair bound for years. And while we were preaching the word of God, all of a sudden the man just gets up and he starts walking around the church. Well, that shut the message down. The people started shouting and going crazy and miracles started happening in the church. Why? Because the Lord began to speak to someone and that person didn't say, I'm going to wait for the preacher to come lay hands on me. He didn't say, I'm going to wait for the preacher to come and call me out and prophesy and tell me whether or not God is going to heal me when the word of God has already spoken that he's going to heal me. The man didn't wait for the altar call. When the man heard the word that God is a healer, he got up out of his situation and he began to walk to the altar. And what happened was miracles began to happen. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, that miracles don't happen because preachers just preach. Miracles happen when people respond to the word of God and they televise it, they talk about it, they broadcast it. And when the broadcast goes forth, the next thing you know, everybody is trying to get a hold of what that individual got a hold of. Can I tell somebody today that God is looking for someone that will respond to the voice of God? See, see, the, the, the religious spirit will tell you to be quiet. Religious spirit will tell you to sit down. Religious spirit will say, well, well what, if, what if you fail? What if it doesn't work? What if it does work? Listen, I don't believe you can step out on the name of Jesus and Jesus not hear you. I don't believe you can step out on the word of God. Listen, God is not a liar. Quit measuring what God will do based upon what you thought God would do for somebody else. You said, well, they believe God and God. How do you know they believe God? Listen, God does not. How do you know that they believe God? Listen, the Bible doesn't say that you have faith based upon whether or not God did it for this person or God did it for that person. Faith doesn't come from what God did for somebody else. Faith comes from what God spoke to you. Did God speak to you out of his word that he's going to deliver you? Then let him deliver you. Don't talk about what God didn't do for your mama. Talk about what God said he's going to do for you. If you will talk about what God said he was going to do for you, then God will do something something for you. God will do something to you. God will do something in you and through you and for you and around you. But we've got to, we've, we've got to, we've got to learn how to honor the voice of God. People are like, you know, well, how can I hear God the mo- more? Well, whatever voice you obey the most, that's going to be the voice you hear the most. If you're walking after your human spirit, don't be surprised when your human spirit's the only one doing the talking. Why? Because God's not going to keep talking to you and you're not going to listen to him. I mean, who sits back? You ever, you ever got on the phone with someone? And, and you're talking to them and, and, and you can tell or, or you're sitting at a table and they're talking, you're talking to them and they're on their cell phone. It's like after a while, you're like, okay, you're, you're so distracted. I'm not, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to talk to you. Let's just go ahead. What's the point? Listen, God's looking for people that are going to honor what he says. They're not distracted. So you got to understand that you're not standing in the presence of an imp. You're standing in the presence of a king. 
You're not dealing with wimp Jesus. You're dealing with King Jesus. You've got to honor him on the level of who he is, not on the level of what you want him to be. Why? Because whatever you think he is in your heart is not going to change who he is. And if you will honor him on the level of who he is, he will reveal himself to you. But if you will dishonor him, I mean, brother, Hurt, there's something about the word of a king. That king is bound to what he has spoken. Kings didn't just put stuff out there and not do it. Jesus is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of the kingdom of God. And if he's giving you his word, that's why he exalts his word even above his own name. Why? Because if he has no word, he has no name. His name is governed by his word. My mother, my grandma used to say that a man's word is his bond. You want to have a good name, keep your word. God keeps his word. Therefore, his name is valid. Why? Because he keeps his word. It's like somebody that's got good credit. You know, you want to have good credit, pay your bill. But if you don't want your name to mean something, don't pay your bills. Get it in your children's name. (laughs) Don't do that stuff. God's looking for people that will gather themselves together Understanding that you're not dealing with a God that's ready to move tomorrow. You're dealing with a God that's ready to move right now. Would you lift your hands up towards heaven? Lord, deliver me from every distraction that would hinder me from letting you move right now. Lord, help me to be sensitive to responding to the voice of God when you speak into my life. God's word has creative power. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Somewhere along the line, you've got to learn to let it be. It's like this. Has anybody ever had to ask God for forgiveness? Put your hands down. Any of you have ever had to ask God for forgiveness after you have been saved? All right. How long does it take God to forgive you? It's instant. Well, if we can receive forgiveness instant, why don't we expect to receive miracles instant? Why don't we expect to receive deliverance instant? 
Why do you think you've got to work this thing out? Why? Listen, you don't have to be weaned off of drugs. You don't have to be weaned off of strongholds. You don't have to be weaned off of sickness. You can receive your deliverance instance. If he can forgive you instant, that's a greater miracle than your eyes being open. That's a greater miracle. Come on, somebody. You've got to let this thing happen. You gotta learn how to let it be. You gotta learn how to let it go. You gotta learn how to cut it off. And just say, you know what? The Lord's forgiven me. I'm gonna let it be. The Lord has healed me. I'm gonna let it be. I'm not gonna try to figure out why. Listen, I'll figure it out as the time goes down the road. He will reveal it to me. See, the problem is we're trying to figure things out. That's the problem. We, we want to figure it out. I had a gentleman ask me last night. I've had it many of times. And they say, well, what do I do with the bad things that I've done in my life? How do I, I move on after I've done so many bad things? It's like this, my friend. The bad things that you've done, what is greater? The bad things that you've done or the good things that the Lord has done? Well, the goodness of the Lord is better. All right. Well, then where sin abound, grace does much more abound. Listen, at that moment, you got to choose what you're going to esteem. Either you're going to esteem the bad things of the past or you're going to esteem the good things of the future. You're going to esteem the blood of Jesus. You're going to esteem the love of God. You're going to esteem the baptism of the Holy Ghost that he has sealed you with until the day of redemption. That's what you're going to esteem in your life. And when you do that, just say, you know what? I owe you no explanation other than the fact that I once was blind and now I see. Somewhere along the line, you just got to say, I once was bound, but now I'm free. I once was afflicted, but now I'm healed. I once was confused, but now I'm sound. I once was lost, but now I'm... Now I'm free. Somewhere along the line, church, you've got to learn how to just let it be. Turn to someone and say, just let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. You know, just let it be. See, the religious spirit don't want to let it be. And when you battle that, when, when you're living the, with that religious spirit, whatever meet you measure, be measured right back to you. However you judge people, you're going to judge yourself even worse. You got to let it be. But sometimes, let's see, you know, Brother John comes into the church. He ain't been living for God, been backslid for 10 years. He's back. And the people found out all the bad stuff that Brother John did. And they believe in the keeping power of God. But Brother John, he's done did so much bad stuff that we're going to look at Brother John side-eyed. 
for the next year or so because Brother John needs to prove himself to us. Brother John's in an altar. He's cried out to God. God's forgiven all of his sins. Why? Because he presented to God the right response. And in the process of that, you know what Brother John does? Brother John's delivered. Brother John has been set free. God's took away the desire from Brother John. He's new instantly. But you're sitting back and you're like, yeah, I, 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 I want to, I, I need some explanations. I, I, I need, I see, I understand that God did what he did, but, but that don't erase what brother John did. It's really, if you're able to unerase what the Lord has erased, don't be surprised that God will begin to expose the very thing that he removed off your life. You want to get the, un- if you want to come uncovered from the blood of Jesus, begin to start uncovering the things in other people's lives that are up under the blood of Jesus. You cannot. That's the reason why people have a hard time receiving things instantly from God. You've got to, you can't speak to mountains. You got to go through all of them. Can I tell you that God is able to deliver you right now? The same word that was spoken in the book of Genesis, the same word that created the things you see and don't see, is the same word that preaches to you on a weekly basis. Then just let it be. You are the soil. His word is the seed. If you will receive the word, there will be fruit that will spring forth from the soil. Don't look for sensation. But by faith, receive that word and step out on your faith. Thank you, Jesus. You can receive it right now. What is God speaking to you right now? What is it that God is trying to give you right now? Is it a sound mind? Receive it. Let it be. If it's forgiveness, let it be.
God wants to give you stability. For too long, we're used to God doing things afterwards. We feel as though God can only move after service or after we've prayed or after we fasted or after this or after that. But the Bible lets us know that while they were sitting in the upper room, the Holy Ghost came in suddenly. While they were worshiping and praising God in the prison, immediately an earthquake came suddenly. While they were praying, while Peter was locked up in prison, immediately the Lord dispatched an angel. God wants the church to quit pushing their faith off for tomorrow and begin to bring their faith to right now. There's something that God can do right now. You've got to listen with the intent of saying, all right, this thing is happening right now. This thing is moving right now. And begin to step out on what God's doing right now. The purpose for God's spirit being present is giving you the liberty to obey what has been spoken. The Spirit of God moving is giving you the liberty to step out in what God is doing or what God is telling you to step out in. The Bible says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament of the waters, were above the firmament, and was so. And God called the firmament heaven in the evening, in the morning of the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. We've got we've to let it be so. If you're battling guilt right now for sin that you've done, that's current or past, I want you to raise your hands. Be honest. I want you to stand up. First of all, it's like this. The Bible declares it's by the goodness of the Lord that brings us to repentance. The goodness of the Lord leads us to a place of repentance. Repentance doesn't come because of you feeling guilty. 
Repentance comes because of his goodness. And the goodness of the Lord will bring you to a place of repentance when you begin to see how good he is. It's going to want to change how bad you are. Why? Because his goodness is not just to people out there. His goodness is to you. Now, the thing is this. There is a remedy for your sin. Now, you that are standing up, and let's say you have never obeyed the scriptures when it came down to getting rid of sin. This is how you're going to get rid of sin. You've got to repent. And you may say, well, Brother Hurd, I've already repented. Repent again. You've got to repent. And what we're going to do is we're going to repent. As a matter of fact, I want you to lift your hands up towards heaven. Repentance is a turning. It's not just a confession. You've got to turn from this thing. If you're battling sin or if you're battling the guilt of sin, there's got to be a turning today. Right now, I want you to begin to talk to God all over this room. Let us begin to repent. Lord, I want to change. I want to turn from the things that are not like you. I want to be honest with you, and Lord, with my sin. I confess it before you. Whatever that sin is, tell them what that sin is. Whatever that thing is in your life, be honest, be transparent with him concerning that thing in your life. Lord, I've heard that you can heal. I've heard that you will forgive. But I'm going to respond to your word that is telling me to repent. While you're repenting, I want you to begin to just let it all out. Begin to talk to them. Be, be transparent. Don't, don't, don't say you're repenting and you're doing it in your mind. Speak with your mouth. Talk with your mouth. Use your mouth. That's what he gave it to you for. I don't ever want to go back to those places, Lord. I don't want sin ruling in my life. I want you to rule my life. I want you to rule my mind. I want you to be Lord over my life. I can't do this by myself. I don't want to Lord over myself. Every time I do things on my own, I always end up messed up. I want you to change me. I want you to deliver me. I want you to renew me. I want you to transform me. Lord, I want to be saved. You being good is not going to remove the sin. But him being good, that's what remission of sins are made possible. Jesus shed his blood to remove all sin.
Now since you have repented, If you have never been baptized, I want you to raise your hands. All right. Got one. If you were baptized one time, but it was in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I want you to raise your hand. You were baptized one time, but it was in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. Listen. You need to be baptized again. Why? Because the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is a traditional baptism that a lot of churches do that came from the Catholic Church. Yeah, it comes out of Catholicism. It's just a tradition. But the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, that's what's going to remit and remove your sins. This is not a church that functions functions off of tradition. This is a church that functions off of the scripture. And if you're looking for the biblical results, we've got to do it the Bible way. And I'm telling you that every sin that is on your life, if you will submit yourself to God, you've already repented, but repentance alone does not remove your sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. You've got to be baptized. Why? Repentance is a type of death. You've died out to self. But baptism is where you bury the dead. There's some things in your life, that old man, that if you've repented, then you've, you've, you said, I'm dying out to self. You've got to bury him. And today, God wants to bury that old man. And if you will let, if you will obey the voice of God and bury that old man in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, then what's going to happen is God will refuse fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose again. You want to rise out of the grave on that last day? You want to be in the rapture? Nobody's going to be raptured without the Holy Ghost. But since you're dead here and you've died out to self here, You're going to rise from the grave. You're going to rise from that watery grave. God's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when that happens, you're going to be a new person. If you're going to get sin off of your life, 
You've got to obey this process. If not, our sins are still on us. What would stop you, young lady, from obeying the scriptures today? Nothing. What would stop you this day from obeying the scriptures today? What would stop you this day from obeying the scriptures today? Ma'am, what was no the, the nothing? All three of you. What would stop all three of you? Nothing. All right, we've got water. We got we got clothes. We got clothes. We're ready to baptize you today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to obey, I want you to come. I don't know the process. Yeah, take them somewhere. Okay. Whoever takes people to the place. Is it the guy there, there in the back? I'm sorry, I took you to the wrong spot. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sister Hurt, if you could put on a mask and some gloves and go pray them through to the Holy Ghost, those ladies. Now, now listen. There are those in here that stood up that you've already been baptized. You've already received the Holy Ghost. But there's that stain that is on your heart and on your mind. Why? Because the enemy has tried to persuade you that that sin in your life is greater than the grace on your life. And what's happened is you're tormented by things that God doesn't even remember. But you remember. What I want you to do is I want you to ask God to help you to forget by magnifying what he has spoken concerning you. What do you mean? Have you ever been in a place where something bad happened, but then something good comes in? And the good that happened was far greater than the bad that happened. And the good helped you to, rem helped you to forget the bad. I want you to begin to meditate on the goodness of the Lord. I want you to begin to think about the goodness of the Lord. You need to praise the Lord for his goodness in your life. And as you begin to do that, that guilt, that stain, that shame, that condemnation, those things that rule your life will begin to break off. But you got to just let it be. 
How many gods are there? He's sovereign. He never contradicts himself. He is exactly who he is, and whatever he says, it goes. It's final. What you've got to do is you've got to learn how to back up and say, you know what? This is the last day. This is the last moment that I'm going to live with this. I'm moving forward in the name of the Lord. Raise your hands towards heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't think, just do. When God speaks, don't think about it. Just let it be. Thank you, Jesus. This couple on the front row wants you to stand up. Have I prayed for you before? Okay, all right, because I, I, I was getting ready to actually say the same thing that I spoke to you last week then. You're the ones that were in the back then. Okay. Well, uh, all I was going to do is repeat, literally repeat what I was going to say, what I said before. Um, God wants to stabilize you. God wants to plant you. Um, Sister, the Lord said this day, he said he wants to deliver you from identity crisis. What I mean by that is that I seen you as a person I use, there's a certain saying that pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Through life, you've never learned how, through life, nothing ever has been handed to you. Everything you've got, you've had to get it working hard and actually the hard way. Even within your family, you're the go-to person. You're like the person that everybody kind of brings their stuff to. You're used to leading. You're used to being the person like the go-to person. And the thing is, is that even f- you've been that way even from a child. And there's been this hidden competition that has gone on even within the home, within the family. Because you felt like you were never, ever really a daughter. You're more like a servant. And because of that, 
there's this deal where you feel like you're only valued by what you do versus who you are. But the Lord says that his love for you is not because of what you do, but his love for you is because of who you are. And the thing is, the reason why God wants to deliver you is because it's like you're getting your identity from what you do versus who you are. The Lord said, I want to bring balance even within the home. Because there are times where the Lord is trying to speak to him. And it's like you, you don't really, you don't trust a lot of people. You, you, don't, you don't trust a lot of people. So because of that, you're like, on a, you're, you're like in a survival mode. You see things through fear. You see the potential for things to fall apart. So you kind of navigate with the mindset of, all right, I've got to, I've got to do whatever we can to sustain a sense of comfort, a sense of balance, or to protect us from potential failure or breakdown. But the Lord wants you to walk in faith. The Lord wants to place you in a place where you can be ministered to. You're used to being a go-to person. But the Lord says for so long you've been serving that you don't know what it is like to actually sit and be served. As you do this, there's going to be a healing that is going to take place in you. Because you have used serving as a sense of dealing with old bitter wounds. And then what happens is throughout certain seasons in your life, yearly, you get into these seasons around the fall period where it's like you become snatched. It's almost like I see you being mesmerized by by stuff that happened 15, 20, 30 years ago. The Lord said this day, he says, I want to bring you to a place of sanity, soundness of mind and heart. This day, like I said to you last week, I saw a lot of movement. I saw bags always at the door. The Lord says, I want you to take your coat off. I want you to unpack your bags, and I want you to stay a while. As you do this, God's going to do something in your family. God's going to do a work in your children, and God will sustain you and your family in this season. My brother, the Lord says old things have passed away. All things are made new. How often do both of you pray every day? How often do you pray together as a family? All right. Why don't you start doing that every day? How often do you pray in tongues? Why don't you do that every single day? All right? I want you to be faithful and consistent like those children. When it's dinner time, where are they at? But they're they're always present for dinner, right? All right. 
before children are able to be present to serve, they're always present to be served. I want you to always be present at the table. All right? And as you're you're consistent in being present at the table where the word of God is being broke open to you, God's going to do an increase in your home and your family and your marriage. Not just your ministry. Why? Because your marriage and your family is more important than just your ministry. Amen? Everybody worship the Lord. My young, the young lady in the back sitting next to the young lady with the green shirt and the young lady with the gray shirt. Could you stand? I think you got on a yellow shirt or something. Somewhat yellow. I'm not good with my colors. Yep, you. How are you? You fine? You nervous? Don't be nervous. I want you to raise your hands and I want you to say, God, I want everything that you have for me. Would you put your hands down? I don't know who you are. What is your name? Juliet? Juliet? God places a lot of value in you. I want you, I see you looking. I see you going places. I see you looking in other people's houses. And I see you looking at other people's tables. And I see you desiring what they have. Throughout your life, you've kind of been like, where do I fit? Throughout your life, you've been like, where do I belong? Why? Because there appears to be like, it's like, it's like I see like four walls that surround you. And they're walls that are transparent so you can actually see through them. You're able to see out and other people are able to see in. But the thing is, there is this wall that has been placed there. And I hear the big word written upon the wall that says rejection. Can I tell you this night, The Lord said that I am going to bring you to a place of deliverance that the spirit that was sent out to destroy you, 
will not have any rule over your life. There's a spirit of anger, frustration that fights you, even towards one of your parents. But the Lord told me to tell you this day, he says that I am God. And he says, and I've got the power to make you whole and to turn your life around. The thing is, you feel as though you don't deserve anything. You desire much. But on the inside, there's like a, almost like a, a self-destructive mentality when it comes down to yourself. You're too young to be thinking about your funeral. I want you to start thinking about the goodness of the Lord flowing through your life. I'm telling you that God is a healer and God is a deliverer. I want you to who are those two young ladies that are sitting beside you. They're your cousins. Cousins, if you could, stand up with them. I want you to lay your hand on your cousins. I mean, cousins, lay your hand on them. I want you to pray for them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that there will be a protection, a covering, Lord God, around our heart and our mind. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, the things that the enemy meant for evil, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would turn it around for her good. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray against every breach. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that the enemy has used in her life. Lord God, I speak healing, Lord God. I speak deliverance. I speak closure. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would cut off things that even fight the family. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing. I speak breakthrough into her life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you've got a disease in your body, if you've got an illness in your body, stand up. All right. What is it? Huh? Okay. To lift your hands. You believe God will heal you? When? Raise your hands. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We take authority right now. In the name of Jesus against this condition, these autoimmune diseases, we command them to leave our body right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I speak healing, restoration in our body. In the name of Jesus, let this thing never return back to her vessel again. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak every deficiency that is there, that there be a healing and a restoration of every system in her body. Lord, let it be when she goes to the doctor that the condition is gone. Let her be able to do things with her body that she was not able to do before. In the name of Jesus.
We command you to be whole this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My sister with the gray. Huh? Underactive? Raise your hands. You believe God will heal you? When? You believe God will heal you? When? Raise your hands. In the name of Jesus. Sister, I just want you to receive your healing. By your stripes, you're healed. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we take authority over the condition in our thyroid. We command it to be active tonight in the name of Jesus. We command the side effects that came with it to leave today by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Let there be a restoration and a complete healing of thyroid this morning. In the name of Jesus, my sister with the purple shirt. What's wrong? Your eye. What did she say? You're losing vision. I want you to close that eye. I want you to thank God for new vision. Did you thank him? How's your eyes see? How are your eyes right now? Close the, close the left eye. Keep the right eye open. Put your hand on it. I want you to keep the right eye open. And I want you to thank God. I want you to say, Lord, I thank you for new eyes. Do you believe God to heal you? When do you believe he will do it? When do you believe he'll do it? Now, check it. Close the right eye. How's the left eye feel? I can't hear you. What did she say? All right, raise your hands. Lord, we took authority over her eyes. I was in a service one time, and I asked the church, I said, how would you respond if God opened up the person's eyes? The person was completely blind. I said, how would you respond? And people begin to praise God just a little bit.
Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would heal her eyes today in the name of Jesus. Make her whole in Jesus' name. My sister, what's wrong? Your throat problem, yeah. So raise your hands. Lord, I pray healing on her throat in the name of Jesus. Let all those throat conditions leave her body. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would make her completely whole. Let there not be any more complications there. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. My sister with the red on, red dress. You, that's you. Uh huh. What's wrong? Yeah, that's, why don't you raise your hands? That's what I thought. The Lord said, I want to renew your mind. I speak against all infirmity. But God wants to give you peace to your mind and in your emotions. The Bible declares a man that hath not control over his own spirit is like a city without walls. You're a person that can be easily offended. This night in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would help my sister to build walls. I rebuke the spirit of rejection that is on her mind and her life. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing to her vessel this day. I take authority over every nerve in her body. You've got conditions that are going on in your body that the doctors don't even have an answer for. In the name of Jesus, there are times where I see you in your bed and your muscles are spasming all over your back and in your body. In the name of Jesus this day, Lord God, we take authority over this condition that started in the mind that's moved to the body. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I command every infirmity, Lord, that is in her to be gone today by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. All pain, we command it to leave now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, everybody worship the Lord. My brother in the back. What's wrong? High blood pressure. You eat right? Now, I'm going to pray for your blood pressure, but don't go back, you know, go eat chitlins and all that stuff. <laughs> Raise your hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help my brother to get rest at night. In the name of Jesus, lower his blood pressure. Reduce the swelling on his heart. In the name of Jesus, make his body whole today. In Jesus' name. My sister in the back with the boy, he's got kidney disease. Would you raise, your, raise him up? 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you would give him new kidneys. Let him go to the doctor and let his kidneys work properly. Perfect. Give him new kidneys this day in the name of Jesus. We command him to be whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My brother with the suit on, what's going on? Huh? When the effects of prostate, but the cancer's gone. All right. Raise your hands. Lord, today I'm asking God that the effects are gone. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would restore everything that was centered around the prostate cancer. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we take authority over everything that is out of place. Everything that is out of place, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would put it back in its proper place now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you're healing them right now. In the name of Jesus, I command all pain to be gone this day by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, worship the Lord. My sister with the orange dress on. What's wrong? Okay. So lift your hands. My sister, I want you to put your hands down. I want to talk to you. I know someone that they get on the internet. And when they get on there, whenever there is a condition in their body or a symptom, it's like... Whenever there's a symptom, whenever there's a condition in their body, they assume that that condition or that symptom that's in their body is the sickness that they see in someone else's body. But then there are people that whenever someone has something He's like, I've got this or I've got that. They assume that they've got everything that everybody else has. And sometimes they don't have it, but then they start thinking they have it or they start looking for stuff to happen. The proper way is to look in the word of God and see what God says about you and your, and your situation. Identify yourself with what is written in the word of God. If you do that, you'll walk in peace. You'll walk in healing, not assuming that when one thing is gone, something else is going to pop up. But just stretch your hands towards it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help her to have peace in your healing power.
In the name of Jesus this day, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would make her whole. In the name of Jesus, mentally, emotionally, physically. In the name of Jesus, help her not to be distracted by what's going on in the lives of her loved ones. In the name of Jesus, but Lord, help her to be healed. Because what's going on, you are stressing out about what's going on in everybody else and it's affecting your body. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would cause this anxiety, this depression and fear of loneliness to be removed from her this day. In the name of Jesus, my sister in the back with the black jacket. Huh? Okay. Tumor on the liver. All right, lift your hands. If you got tumors growing anywhere else on your body, raise your hands. You? Where's it at? Huh? On your breast? All right. Um, my sister holding the child that's got the tumor on your breast, go to the bathroom and go check. Sister, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the endometriosis. We command the tumor that's on your liver to leave this day by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord, we command the restoration of our whole body. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would make her whole this day. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My brother with the orange tie, overactive thyroids. You got an underactive and an overactive. Lord, in the name of Jesus. The Lord says to everything, there's a time in the season for every purpose under the heaven. Sometimes God will shut a door that maybe you feel would be, you would be qualified for. Sometimes God will shut doors to keep you for the big open door that God has for the future. This day the Lord said, do not be frustrated by the things that God is doing in the lives of your friends that you feel that maybe God should be doing in you now. The Lord said, be patient in this hour. He said, for I've got an appointed time and I've got an appointed season set aside for a particular hour that you know not. In this hour, he wants you to walk in patience and be content in the season that he has you in. Lord, I speak healing to his thyroid. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would make him whole. In the name of Jesus, 
In Jesus' name. Somebody grab that sister, tell her to come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So they come quickly. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is that the sister? No, that's not her. Is that her? All right. Did you check it? Hold on, stop, stop. Did you check it? Oh, it's not? All right. Would you raise your hands? Tonight, when you come back, I want you to come back with the mindset that whatever God is doing, he's doing it now. And not only now, believe that God has already done it. And if you believe that God has already done it, while you're responding to what God has already done, you will check and you will see that God's already done it now. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together and give God praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sister Carol, what's your, you standing for sickness? She was, you are? I'm so sorry. What's wrong? Oh. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, you can get your healing right now. Come on, you don't have to wait. Praise the Lord. You can let them do it now. Hallelujah.
Come on, I want you to stretch your hands up towards heaven and stretch your faith up towards heaven. Why? Because if God can do it for her, God can do it for you. Come on, there was no atmosphere. There was nobody praying for her. There was nobody calling her out. Praise the Lord, but the word of God called her out. The word of God called her situation out. And she said, you know what, God, I'm going to respond. I'm going to yield and I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to receive my deliverance uh, come on in the name of Jesus uh, by his stripes hallelujah you're healed thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Hallelujah, Jesus. My sister over here that's with the bun on her head, are you married? Where's your husband? He's in the media. I want you to just raise your hands. The Lord says, I'm giving you comfort today. The Lord says, I'm giving you comfort. I'm giving you healing even in your body. The enemy has tried to destroy your faith because some things have touched even the family. But the Lord said this day, I bring you comfort. I rebuke the spirit of fear that has been on your life from the age of 15. I see you living in a traumatic place, tormented in dreams, afraid to go to sleep, afraid at times to even be by yourself. In the name of Jesus, this day I rebuke the spirit of anxiety. I see you in the house having panic attacks. In the name of Jesus, this day I rebuke the spirit of confusion. Lord, I speak soundness of mind and to her heart and her thoughts that the words of her mouth and the meditations of her heart be acceptable in your sight in the name of Jesus Lord God I pray a complete healing Lord God through her whole vessel today in the name of Jesus you've got complications even in the midsection of your body there's been a pain that has been on the right side of your body in the name of Jesus Lord God I command healing Lord God, to every growth that is growing inside of her vessel this day, there's been a pressure. Even when you sit down, there's a pressure when you sit down. This day, when you sit down again, you're going to be whole. The pressure is going to be gone. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody, worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, worship him, worship him, worship him. My sister in the back with the young man bouncing the baby. Yeah, you. Y'all two married. Put you to hold hands. The Lord said you don't have to live in fear. 
He said, I've got your home covered. He says, I've got your house covered. He says, I've got your family covered. You don't have to live in fear, but you can live in faith. And as you live in faith, your faith will begin to will begin to bounce this stuff and lies that the enemy wants to convince you that is possible. It will begin to deflect it. And you will see the possibilities of God function in your life. See, one thing about fear, what happens is that fear will bring you to a place where it'll make you make moves and decisions that are premature. The Lord told me to tell you in this hour, he said, I've got you right where I want you. He said, you've got to trust in the power of God. I'm telling you, I know that this stuff may feel like it's stacked against you and things are caving in. But the Lord told me to tell you that he said, I've got angels sitting in your house. I've got angels guarding your home. This night, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I pray a deliverance upon your mind and upon your hearts. For what has hit other homes will not touch yours. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, a covering and a protection upon their minds and their family and their children. In the name of Jesus, the Lord says, I am a miracle worker. This day, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would do the impossible. The Lord said, do not be distracted by the phone calls. In the name of Jesus, he said, for I am speaking from heaven to you tonight. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that their hearts will be full of joy. They will be full of faith. The enemy has tried to drive you into an isolated place, but I command you to come out of that isolation today by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Everybody worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody worship the Lord. Everybody glorify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is done in Jesus' name.